And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Dip it in to the already lit, sexy St. Jeff candle, because No Buffs is back, baby. I'm J.E. Skeets here on a Thursday night, along with two guys I would absolutely go to Rocks for. We have I'm not going one. to Rocks! Oh, we're going to Rocks. we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. we got the other bearded one, super No Dunks producer, J.D. Hello. And we got a special guest joining us tonight to break down episode three of Survivor 42. You know him from Survivor Edge of Extinction, where he made it to day 38, the final four, and he's crashing this pod like he's the damn Kool-Aid man. It's Rick <laughs> oh, Devin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rick, how's it going, man? Dude, I left my buff uh, in the other room. I brought my beard inferiority complex, uh, and I'm ready to roll with you guys. Well, we really appreciate you jumping on here to uh, discuss, again, episode three, which I thought was an incredible episode. I know we've been talking about it all day here in the Classic Factory. I assume you thought that was a banger, too, and what's your just thoughts on this season so far? I've really enjoyed this season so far. Like This cast seems like it's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's kind of wacky, but in, in the best kind of way. Like last night, from start to finish, maybe the worst overall gameplay ever yeah. uh, for an episode. Like, just like scene by scene. But I think they're really trying to minimize the similarities to last season that people win, win against, and, mm-hmm. and it's working out. I'm really enjoying myself. I'm seeing, uh, and I, I want to get your opinion on it, and I'm not saying I think this, but I saw some people in the Twitter sphere saying there's some similarities between Daniel uh, on this season to, to Rick Devins back in 38. Now, I think that was sort of blown up last night after that performance, like you said, from uh, Daniel. But yeah, what what do you, let's like let's talk about the episode and talk about him. And are there any similarities at all? 
you know, I thought when he started his his speech, like, guys, I got this. I'm going, oh man, he's he's gonna he's gonna make me proud. He's gonna Devon's this tribal council. And then he did. <laughs> Uh, I think it's kind of like, you know, in the NBA, you only compare white guys to other white guys. (laughs) In Survivor, you only compared curly haired guys with glasses to other curly haired guys. Uh, Like people compared me to Fishback. It's like, really? Like, could it could it possibly be further? So I think that's about what we have going for each other is curly haired. Uh, and he's a talker. I mean, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. He's, got the he's gift really gab. entertaining. Yep, he does. And uh, we were saying right before we jumped on here with you, the three of us, uh, JD, Trey, and myself, we watched the 20 minute uh, Rick Devins highlight <laughs> mixtape that's on YouTube. That's a thing that exists. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see it, Rick. But yeah, you. Yeah, the similarities it. are I, uh... like, you edited it. Oh well, great job, great cut. Uh, no one else was gonna put that together. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's amazing. And I actually, I mean, it was only a couple seasons ago. I forgot how many idols you had and the big moves yeah. you're doing. But the similarities, yeah, with Daniel at least are like the gift of the gab, as Trey said. Uh, he's good at a confessional, as we, as were you. Thank you, thank you. I didn't really edit that together. That's, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he is. He's he's so much fun, but uh, he's also just zany, man. I mean, yeah. losing. I know. I know we're gonna go through it, but yeah. losing the idol, handing you the instructions for the idol straight from his box. Like, <laughs> like that's not strong social game, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that was what he kept in his in his drawers was the congratulations note that that Mike then was like <laughs> took it apart. All right, no problem. Hit some of it hit some of it other places, didn't give it all back together. It was uh it was crazy stuff. But if he's able to recover the way you were, Devin, so he'll be looking all right. Uh how hard is it to, you know, have a tough going at the beginning of Survivor and then get back on track and actually figure things out with the rest of your tribe. You know, I think a lot of people are counting Daniel out. Like, oh, he had a bad night. He's done. He smoked. But the thing about Survivor is every good thing you do is a bad thing because people look at it. Like, when you really look at it, Jonathan had the best night ever last night. Mm -hmm. And Daniel had the worst night ever. It's like, who's more likely to win? Right. You know, mm-hmm. not Jonathan. He's going to get voted out right after the merge. Uh, but Daniel, it's like now he's kind of a wounded animal. If you're in his tribe, are you more likely to keep Daniel around who's really strategic and a smooth talker and pulled off something great at that tribal? Or like this guy who kind of doofused it up and burnt all his bridges <laughs> and really needs you and is feeling, you know, like a, you know, a wounded animal and maybe not a backed against the wall way, but a help me sort of way. He, he might have done himself a favor in a weird way. Yeah. Were you surprised at all that he didn't? Or he might have sunk himself. Oh, yeah. Well, we will <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. Both both are in play here. Were you surprised <laughs> when they went to the revote that Daniel, you know, stuck to, like, sort of his guns at first, that we then had to tie again, and then we had to have the little, uh, you know, unanimous, de- unanimous decision had to come between him and High over who was going home? Like, were you shocked by that move by him? And then, again, like, talking it out, like... Uh, how he opened the negotiations with High, <laughs> basically telling him, uh, well, here's how I'm going to start this. I'm definitely not going to rocks now. Let's go from there. Like, yeah, that was part of bad gameplay. But yeah, what like that sort of decision by him, the whole thing, you were just as perplexed, I assume. Oh, 100% yeah. skis. I'm with you. Because you got to know that if you're not willing to go to rocks, either you, you hide that yep. so that you at least have some leverage uh, to, to trick this other person to see if they'll give or if you know like that's not even a possibility then you're right 
just change your vote immediately or, or just immediately say, hey, Chanel, you know, I don't want to go to rocks. Let's the two of us join these two instead of throwing her yeah. under the bus. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah, he really it's like if you're willing to give up Jenny, which he clearly was, then just give up Jenny. Uh, instead, he blew it up with Chanel. <laughs> he alienated Lydia and High, and Mike doesn't know what the heck's going on. <laughs> yeah, and like my favorite part, maybe of the whole tribal council, and I was so psyched. I mean, I think as Survivor fans, when you see there's 20 minutes left and you're at tribal yeah. council, you're like, "Oh yeah, here we go! Like, the fireworks are gonna fly." They talked about the rice. There being none. They talked about Chanel's journey, you know, Shipwheel Island, uh, the journey as they call it. But they're talking about the classic tribal law, lines will be drawn and all that. And then Daniel, out of nowhere, JD, suddenly just sort of goes, he starts talking about being in a state of paranoia. And then Probst follows it up with like, well, you know, who calms you out here? And Daniel like, <laughs> well, those two people yeah. over there, names Mike chanel in order mike chanel then his mom then his girlfriend and now rick like you you know like the editing can get slick with it but we see the reaction from high and it to us watching at home is like whoa what what's going on here i thought he was with us and he's saying these are the two people that calm him then his mom and his girlfriend um like high seemed to have a read on obviously what was going on yeah, Yale Law School had to be beating their head against the wall last night. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, it, it really, the whole thing was perplexing because, again, you know, you don't know what the edit is, so maybe that wasn't as jarring yeah. a thing, but it seemed like it was. Like, it almost seemed like he was trying to activate an idol. It was so out of left field. Yeah. Like, let me tell you why I'm not going to win, and then and then he even got it wrong why he's not going to win. Um there are other reasons you're not going to win, Daniel. <laughs> but you're right. It's like he says, Mike. And then it's like you see in his head, you almost see the, the wheel spinning. Like, oh, that was a screw totally. up. But before he can stop himself, he says Chanel. Chanel. <laughs> and then he's like, I know what I'm going to do to cover this up. <laughs> like, my girlfriend, my mom. Uh, yeah. And then oh, High and Lydia are just going, oh, my God. We're so sunk at that point. Were, were you impressed with how, how High handled that? tribal council like i mean he's learning on the fly that there's like suddenly two less votes that daniel who he thought was with him and lydia has turned on him uh and and i and you know then this idea of like like we might go to rocks that's being presented to him he for all that information overload uh rick it felt like he sort of managed it pretty pretty slick like how he was like daniel do you trust me and he was like trying you could see him yeah. trying to compute it all trying to stay you know even even keeled uh, and then try and make a decision there. And, and, and he really dug his heels in. He's like, well, I'm not going to switch my vote. So you guys are. <laughs> and they did. Or Daniel did, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. He he really was confused and should yeah. have been at the votes. Like, he was doing a good job keeping track of the votes. Doesn't get an answer about what's going on. So clearly, like, he's got to be just not having any idea like his, his brain's got to be flying yeah, a million totally. miles and it's second. the first tribal council for them yeah exactly and then i'm pretty sure once it becomes a discussion between daniel and high like daniel's like we we definitely don't want to go to rocks and i think High was kind of like yeah I, I agree with that and i think he was almost he could have been willing to let lydia go initially but I think he had such a good read on Daniel. And of course, Daniel yeah. comes out and says <laughs> definitively, I'm not going to rock that high just like crushed him. I mean, I mean, in a game of chicken high, 
hijacked it and, uh, <laughs> nice. and just made Daniel wow. look, yeah, like, look a fool. Yeah, I thought it was like, uh, I was catching Major Ricard vibes from High mm. last night. Just the way he was like so observant of what was happening. He was kind of on to the fact that Daniel was in between the different voting blocks here. And he just knew something was up. So when something turned out to be up and he was keeping track of the votes, he's like, this doesn't make sense. And then he just knew once Daniel came out and kind of gave away his position, I knew where his position could be. Then Mike asked me, like, would you ever consider switching your vote? That's when he knew. He's like, I got him. Like, if I stick with it right here, I'm going to win this negotiation easily and come out ahead. They went into that tribal council on the bottom, right? Yeah. Him and Lydia. And they leave making the decision on top with Daniel kind of having to do whatever they want next week because what else is he going to do? I thought that was super impressive. And then the reason all of this maybe has had to happen was Chanel's decision on, on you know, Shipwheel Island, the summit, uh, the journey, whatever you want to call it, Rick. Like, how shocked were you by that move where she tells Omer, <laughs> uh, I need my vote. Like, I got to keep it because <laughs> they had already lost the challenge. We're going to tribal council. It's pretty slit. There's the split. There's these weird pairs and then decides to risk it. Um, that, I mean, what was more surprising like that or what then happened at tribal council? Cause I think they're equally crazy. They're, they're both pretty crazy. What happened at tribal was even crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing about the Chanel decision is, the fact that she was so adamant, like, I need my vote. Like, she knew the situation very clearly. Yeah. Uh, and she knew which way it was going to go. But then she just went with it and gave it up. I would have been fine with it if she had said, I know that my vote could decide which way it goes tonight. But I also know that no matter what, it's not going to be me. Right. So screw them. I'm going to take my advantage. But she didn't do that. It just seems like she got caught up in the moment. And, uh... You know, before each season, you spend a couple days in camp around each other, not in an actual camp, but like at Ponderosa, basically yeah. around each other. And you can't talk to each other, but you're there and they have different people come and talk to you. And, and Jeff comes at one point. And one thing Jeff says is like, this is your chance. Play this game like you're never playing it again. Yeah. Like, don't leave with any regrets. Play big. So I understand her going for the advantage because she thinks Omer is going to do something different, but but not when you had just said, I need that vote. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's like you should have one or the other. You shouldn't be overpowering yourself. I think that's right. Even I, I rewatched this today, and on Shipwheel Island, she she says to us, or actually to Omar, um, I definitely can't lose a vote going into tribal tonight. Okay. But then she also says, and it comes up multiple times between the two of them, if we can both walk out of this thing with an advantage, I'm happy. And it's like, those contradict each other. Now, I understand they don't really know what the yeah, decision's going to yeah. be. They've heard it, like, secondhand. They have an idea, it feels like, uh, with everybody coming back and telling them and nobody can keep a secret anymore. But it was like, well, which one is it? Like, do you really need your vote and can't lose it? Or do you really want to try and get in the advantage? But, was, I'm, I mean, I've never played Rick like you, but I, I know I would be like, they're telling me to risk, to go big, to, <laughs> like, you know, you just see that word risk, and you're like, well, I'd rather do this than do nothing, right? Yeah, but also at the same time, like, you bring up a really good point, which is the conversation with Omer. Like, she should know that she told him, I need my vote more yeah. than anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then you're in your head going, well, he's probably going to risk it. Like, yeah, she you, because you told him that, you should know he's going to risk it. And then you're going, well, I really can't risk it now because now I'm not just taking a risk. Like, I'm taking a risk that probably logically won't work out. Uh, 
So she really set herself up. Yeah, and, a... and Omer's got to be like, "Are you kidding?" Me? Oh yeah, well, yeah. For like, yeah, when he finds out, yeah. <laughs> like he's got to be wondering if she screwed him on purpose at yeah. this point. It's so weird. My only guess was that later on in the episode, after she's found out that she's not going to have the vote, is that she says, "I can direct the vote without having a vote." So mm-hmm. to me, it's like maybe she convinced herself that she had convinced Omer that like. I'm keeping my vote, so maybe we'll both keep our votes. I don't know what it meant, but I, I can see her thinking that she talked him into something when she obviously didn't, and yeah. that's kind of what happened later on in Tribal Council as well. Rick, is it easy to convince yourself that you're in charge when you're out there? Is it easy to like for people to fool you to think like, oh, they ate it right up out there? You know, I, I actually never fell into that trap because i never felt like i was in charge right. uh early on you know in manu where i actually was on the right side of all the votes it's like it was such a collaborative thing and i did not want to be in charge you know pre-merge that early in the game and then later in the game it's like i was always just floundering <laughs> trying to do this. if i was in charge it's because i knew what i had and what was going on yeah. and they didn't but it was never a sense of like i talked someone into this mm. Um, the one time I did feel like I totally manipulated them, which was when Aurora went home and I said I was going to play the thing for Julie. I-, I believed that for months after the game that I manipulated them. <laughs> but finally they convinced me that, no, they were going to do it anyway. So. <laughs> what, what do you think, Rick, of the uh, you know these last two seasons with, at least in both of them, this journey, the shipwheel island and the risk of vote and keep it and the, the secret phrases, which I'm sure we'll get into that. We uh, have another one uh, last night. We saw the, uh, we call it the shillelagh of time, but Erica smashing the hourglass. Like, <laughs> are you a fan of these like new wrinkles to the game? Not a fan. Like some of them hate some of them. What do you think? Uh, really didn't like the hourglass. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think anyone liked the hourglass. The others, I, I wish, you know, I would take them, one or two at a time i think they really overloaded last season and then because they filmed back to back they couldn't correct that Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they're kind of correcting it in editing i mean you know shipwheel island took so much longer last yeah Yeah. whereas this last one it was so great it's like we didn't have to see the stupid map (laughs) up the hill it's just like oh we're going that sucks yeah he was like wow that was a lot more tiring yeah 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 which was awesome So, and it's been, you know, this season's been better because it's played out differently. It's like, we think we know how it's going to work. And then it does it. Two Shot in the Dark's already played. played. So it's been fun. I think this season they've really, with the editing, concentrating more on the castaways and a little less on the twist. The the twist have bothered me so much less. JD, uh, I want you to chime in here because you are a survivor head. I know you're pressing mm. a lot of buttons over there. I'm we, pressing. We got to talk to our guest, and he's the <laughs> pro. Um, but yeah, who who uh, impressed you the most last night uh, in oh. episode three? Is it high? At, at Jonathan. Well, impressed me Jonathan, the most. yes, okay, yes, he's a, But uh, yeah, high high owned them. I mean, as soon as as soon as Daniel reveals his cards and and basically like I'm not going to Roxy's. <laughs> It was just very impressive game of chicken that uh, you just love to see at a, a tribal council. Also, the supercut of High's reactions. I mean, they're amazing. Like yeah. again, editing per probably, but also just uh, the eye rolls. The oh my god! Like the the where are the votes? And yeah, the one actually, where it looks like his brain is going yeah, to explode. Like yeah. I, this is not computing. There's six of us here, and I'm only seeing two <laughs> votes. What's happening here? 
I loved it. I, I mean, uh, like top of the leaderboard right now for me, high is. Uh, and uh, and also, uh, not only did he, you know, stare down death, basically, uh, he has a friend for life in Lydia, probably, because uh, I, yeah. I'm willing to go to rocks for you. That is an ally that is not going to uh, turn on you anytime soon, in my opinion. But uh, Rick, what do you think about that? Just uh, that sort of maneuver. Is it does it mean anything this early in the game uh, for Lydia to be uh, that loyal to to High? You know, there are some people that it wouldn't like a Sandra, but I, right. but I think yeah. for the large majority of people, certainly for me, and I think for Lydia. You're absolutely right. Like if someone goes to rocks for me that early and takes that stand for me that early, I, you know, I'm stupid loyal anyway, but I would definitely be stupid loyal for that person. Heck yes. Um, I'd I'd be more than happy to take, take that on. And, and you're right. I think Lydia, especially because she doesn't seem like someone who's like at this point really comfortable at getting out and making these great relationships uh, she's going to cling to high even more. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think I think your read on high is just great, just amazing. You get distracted by Daniel exploding during tribal, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but meanwhile, high's over here doing the exact opposite, taking himself from that really confused, out of the loop guy to, like you said, the top of his tribe, a guy who has a great moment. On, you know, I say resume, but really nothing happening pre-merge matters. Right, right. Uh, on your final for final. But doesn't it though? In a twenty-six day mm-hmm. game, is it not? I guess not. I don't think so. I think most people, when you get to there, it's like if you had an impressive pre-merge, that means you voted all your people out, and they're not on the jury anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the people on the jury are like, I don't care what you did before I was there because we all think we're the best. It's like you were able to get me. Good for you, but who cares what you did? With those losers, you know, they couldn't even make the merge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, like, like me, who went <laughs> over, you got voted out fourth, you know, no offense to anybody. Uh, another great moment for High 2 is Chanel returns from Shipwheel Island. Uh, Daniel quickly gets her up to speed on, like, what's been happening. She says right away, well, it's going to be, it's got to be Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have a vote. She does tell Daniel that. Uh, and then they come up with, like, the plan, like, well, we'll, we'll just split the vote. So we'll do... You know, we'll have some of us, we'll tell them, hi, and Lydia, really. Some of us, we'll have the boys vote for Mike, we'll have the, the girls vote for uh, Lydia, and then we'll just we'll just screw them with math here. And uh, and then we have Hi telling Chanel, well, what about three votes on Jenny and one on Mike? And somebody says, I think it's her, what, what's the math there? And somebody, I think he even says, yeah, the math doesn't really make sense. But anyway, he does pick up Rick, Hi does, on sort of how aggressive Chanel is playing and did you experience that um like on on your season like the idea of like you hear rob and tyson talk about survivor being sort of like a poker game at times it's like you pick up on tells and then when someone changes maybe how they're coming about something you're like whoa that's not how they usually are and Hyde tells us like she's not really that aggressive and suddenly she's bossing everybody around and he seemed to think that was weird is that something that could happen I, I think that that's definitely something that can't happen. You, you 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 see changes in personalities all the time. Usually, it's like you were talking about earlier. Uh, when people have something good happen to them, they just start 
feeling themselves yeah. like they're controlling the game like my good buddy ron clark on our season was like that you know when he was high he was high and then when he'd get his hand smacked you know he'd, he'd, he'd go back and cower a little bit and then he'd build himself back up um but yeah i think for high to be able to pick that up from chanel speaks really highly of highly of his game and then i think it also just the whole episode speaks to kind of the hubris of Daniel and Chanel, I think they yeah. clearly like think they're a lot smarter yeah. than High and Lydia. Like, uh, and the fact that they thought they could just convince them to do whatever they want. Chanel said, "You know, I can run this." And then at Tribal, you know, Chanel thinks she can convince people that she had nothing to do with it. Like, she's willing to take zero mm. responsibility. Whereas Daniel thinks he can he can give one hundred percent responsibility, and they're going to fall for it. Like, they they just really seem to underestimate mike and lydia and um hi of course uh, i don't think they underestimated jenny but jenny was just a victim of circumstance oh i know yeah. I have to, oh, we haven't even said her yeah. name here poor jenny like god oh, to go home that way tk that's yeah. like so early in the season people were very high on her going very far in this game i think for good reason she was my winner pick yeah mm -hmm. and then uh yeah here she is and there's no edge of extinction like uh rick uh fortunately had to be the fourth one voted out at least got a chance to come back but she is gone yeah it looked like she was in a pretty good spot going into last night's episode then they go to tribal council looked like it was going to be okay there but then she was in a situation where basically didn't even get to stick up for herself i thought that was kind of strange where you know the bottom two are there and it's just everybody else is figuring out your fate and you just have to be like well we'll see what happens here but uh rick i was curious is is the hubris like the hardest thing to control about yourself i'm thinking about the moment you had when you got back in the game with war dog in the jungle and he's like hey man it's gonna be great for you you're gonna come back and work for us and you're like yeah it's a great idea and i'm never gonna <laughs> an all-time great moment but it really goes to show you yeah. like when you're in charge it seems like you can be really blind to everything that's going on with the people trying to be trying to get themselves off the bottom yeah it, it is and you know i i suffer from it my own way not because i was controlling the game but there were definitely times where i started winning challenges where i was feeling myself and i was like these suckers can't <laughs> and you need that you know it's like the nba like you're if you really believe that you're gonna whoop somebody like your chances of whooping them are a lot better yeah mm -hmm. Um, but it's not like that strategically. <laughs> it's strategically when you start th thinking that you're that much smarter or that much better, like that's exactly when you're going to get clocked. Like you need a healthy set of paranoia. And you also, you know, the best players are the ones that are, well, th I guess even when you're doing it from behind the scenes, you can be in your interviews feeling yourself. Mm. But yeah, you. I think it's just a lot harder to uh, – control the game strategically than it is to win challenges because everyone knows they need control of that game and when you start feeling yourself for being in control of the game other people know you've been controlling mm -hmm. the game yeah like if you're legitimately like oh you maybe you're a goat going to final tribal and everyone's laughing at you behind your back but the people who are legitimately controlling the game most of the time like it's pretty obvious and that just puts a target on you right so as soon as you start feeling yourself is also the same moment that you've become a target. One more question with the final tribal council, and then we got to talk about Thor. <laughs> that uh, amazing immunity challenge. Um, Rick, put yourself in either really high or Daniel's shoes. It doesn't really matter, but you're this early in the game. Suddenly there's these missing votes and we're going to rocks. 
or the possibility of going to rocks, I guess I should say, are you doing it? Like, or, or are you going to do like what Daniel did? Like ultimately like, all right, it's not me. And I'm not pulling one, you know, one of, out of four rocks out of a bag and possibly going home. Like, is there any way you're doing it that early in the game, especially? It's, you know, it's really interesting because my instinct now is someone is like, no, no, right. that's just so early in the game. I know how quickly things can change. Yep. But looking back at my own game, if, if it had been David, yep. if, you know, if David had been Jimmy, there's no doubt in my mind I'd go to rocks. Like there, I never would have betrayed David, you know, stupid, <laughs> stupid loyal, <laughs> but I wouldn't have done it. And I probably wouldn't have done it with a couple people that ended up coming after me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it might not have even been a strategic move. But then later in the game, I wanted to go to rocks with Ron and and uh, Julie and Victoria and David, and and I was so ready to go to rocks. Mm-hmm. But that's because we were at a point in the game where it's like whoever had the majority, it was that big yeah. mm-hmm. of a moment. Whereas that was not what was happening last night. Yeah, so makes more so sense when it's down to the final five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a when you're at the final five, sure. When you're in the <laughs> first, first tribal council, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. I would like to keep playing. And I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Jenny. I'll see you later. Uh, Especially when you're high, like you know they're missing their votes, but you don't know why. Yeah. So you could go to rocks, get one of them out, and then you're still in the minority. You know, it's like you still didn't help yourself. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, it was twenty five percent chance if they had gone to rocks that it, that it's him that goes home. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I did like when Daniel asked. I think it was the first question actually asked Jeff. Uh, so hold on, there are four rocks here. I know we're. I know it's only two of us really great. deciding, but there are four rocks, right? If we go, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to rocks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, even twenty five percent. Nope, I'm not doing it. You just don't want right. to be the first. You're one right. To that say question it. didn't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. Like if it was fifty percent, he's definitely not going. You would have just like, nope. oh, all right, let's uh, let's see, flip a coin. Um, let's talk about. Jonathan, in the immunity challenge, I mean, everybody's asking, Rick, and I'll ask you the same thing. Was that the greatest, like, performance we've ever seen, at least in a team challenge? You know, I do want to give a shout-out to Nasir, because uh, we have yeah. short memories. Wow. Like, Nasir yeah. carried his tribe who was trying to throw it. Good point. To, to a challenge thing. But I do think last night was more impressive. I cannot remember a single performance that was that good. I mean – he won it for his tribe and then also went back and rescued them. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. The guy is ridiculous. While, while two other tribes, entire tribes couldn't even do, do it. it. Yeah, that's and the... he did it on his own. So yeah, I, I think that is the single most impressive individual performance in a team challenge. Uh <laughs> And it might not even, it might not need all those qualifications. You might just say performance. Like, yeah, it was, it was yeah. true, true. Yeah. That's because he did it. He legit did everything. <laughs> like he, he made the bags. That was the crazy yeah. part. Like well, he yeah. made the bags right away. He dove down <laughs> to get the key, the first one. Yeah. He obviously carried the ladder. Like Rick said, he was carrying. He was like going back and just picking people up. He's throwing, throwing them at one point, like <laughs> skipping them like a stone over to the spot where they'd be. Then he holds the ladder, though. Let's give some credit to Lindsay for showing some pretty good balance, I good thought. Balance. Well, just Jonathan, like, basically held the ladder by himself. <laughs> but she, like, scurried up there. And, like, some people are going to slip and fall yeah. off. So that was pretty impressive. And then he nails all five sandbags in a challenge where Rick also said, Probes has to be like, hold on. Yeah. They might stop. be drowning. They're never going to do this. The water's only getting choppier and more aggressive. So let's just bring everybody in. Um, that's, of course, never happened. Rick, 
do you think Probst made the right call there, though? And it was a, like some people are saying not a fair call that maybe they should have both gone to tribal council. But what do you think? That that's the thing I I do want to just real quick remind everyone like if Jonathan wasn't in this challenge, we would all think it was an impossible challenge. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. that's true. We'd all be like, wow, no one could have ever done that challenge. <laughs> but now because of Jonathan, I'm like, I bet about ninety percent of tribes in the history of Survivor would have been fine. <laughs> but the, I do believe that these are very physically not gifted tribes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I yeah. love it. But that being said, I, I do a podcast called Surviving Snyder. We talk Washington football and Survivor. It's very neat. <laughs> but I do it with Dalton Ross of Entertainment yep. Weekly. So he actually talked to pros. And 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 you have video. If you see the current, they actually showed a clip where Jenny's swimming against the current and there's stuff like flying across yeah. the oh, screen. Yeah. I think it was a really rough situation. He said they were out there 22 minutes or so before they called it. So if you're really treading water for 20, like Keith on my season might have drowned. Yeah. That's what my wife watching it last night was like, has anybody ever drowned? Like she's like yeah. sort of a casual fan. She's like, she watches it when I'm watching it. Has anybody ever drowned? I'm like, no. And she's like, that could happen here, right? And yeah. I'm like, I get, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know they've got safety, like divers and all that, but like, there are many times where like people Scary are just like moments. trying to keep their head above water and salt water coming in your mouth. Like you said, you're exhausted. When I walk, I think, when I, I walk I on the beach an... for five minutes, I'm tired, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think I saw in an article today that Jenny was saying in her head, like, don't yell for help. Don't yell for help. Like, they were panicking, but they don't want to get voted yeah. out. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like they're still playing the game out there. You saw Chanel holding on to the pole. Just like resting. Yeah. Don't tell me she wasn't a little freaked out. I would have been. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, so do you think it was the – I mean, I guess you think it was the right call to ultimately bring them in. They were at the same point, too, it felt like. Yeah. Like, the latter point, they were never going to do it. <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, what, what I love about it is they showed it. They didn't try to BS us about right. it yeah. or anything. You know, it's like, yeah, it was messed up. They showed it so we can all judge the tribe, and I can call them less physical. Uh, and, uh, and in fairness, it's like the other tribe kicked their butts and was safe, so I think it was totally fine. Um, I had I had no problem with it. I thought it turned out a lot more entertaining this way than it would have been <laughs> if it had run smoothly. Yeah. The only other option was having Jonathan be like the all-time QB for both teams. They're like, <laughs> all right, it. well, you got to go out there, hold theirs as well. Bring them all in. <laughs> <laughs> all no. the dream team is now unemployed. They're like, well, we just got Jonathan now. He just does everything. <laughs> oh, you know what he should have done? Because Propes loves this type of stuff. Jonathan should have been like, hey, Jeff, if I go out there and help one of these tribes, can I get their... <laughs> Uh, fruit too Ooh. and their toolkit too we'll take the fruit and the fish yeah yeah gear. just like uh, propose that to Jeff see what he would have done dude I'll... I bet probes would have been all over oh that. yeah he would be like absolutely we can play the uh, you know the uh, the superhero music a little bit longer while you're out there it's great. I could be a hero yeah. baby um, I also would have it would have been hilarious if when probes are saying okay okay you guys are basically drowning come on in and then goes uh all right, here's what I'm proposing. We'll we'll just go get the keys, and we see, like, the dream team, like, go yeah, and get yeah. them. They got a little, like, fishing pole almost to get them mm-hmm. down. And then, you know, so Probe says, we'll do that, and then we'll start again. Does that sound fair? Would have been so funny if somebody that's, like, basically been drowning for 20 minutes, like, no. Yeah. Nope. We're going. We're, we're still going. <laughs> and just, like, really hold Jeff's feet to the fire and be like, no, we're not done. You're the one that stopped it. We didn't say anything, but they were obviously like, yeah, okay, let's just go throw some sandbags. Uh, I think we could do that. <laughs> totally. And uh, Roxroy, I thought, did pretty well on the sandbag toss. Though, yep. Rick, I mean, this gets edited, like, uh, it can get edited a ton. I'm always wondering, like, how many how many shots were thrown there on these, on these bags? 
yeah who knows yeah. who knows i was the beneficiary of some great editing oh really on my season yeah uh the the very it was the second challenge in it, where we carried the big snake it ended in a big ring toss onto the paddles that yep. flip yep. and spell and myself and chris underwood and keith were all doing that okay. and keith and i sucked <laughs> we both like couldn't hit anything it was awful and they didn't show me at all oh. I, was, I was sitting at home watching and i was so happy <laughs> because i just sucked and then later in the season i nail a ring toss and, and uh, you know and it ended up winning the challenge so they had to show it so i'm just like yeah yeah one know? for one yeah exactly but i'm sure there were a lot more misses than we saw a lot more close ones than we saw yeah for sure I, I, is it i i'm always like fascinated i wish i said this to trey right just right before we jumped on like i wish as uh, survivor sickos they would just like post the entire challenge yeah. it, like somewhere on like YouTube and we could just go watch it. And like see the all 22 footage. Yeah. And see, see how many misses there are and stuff like that. But they could get so many Paramount plus all this stuff up there for sure. It's a no brainer to me. Um, the idea though, like, like you said in yours, like you were struggling. It's like, when do you like go, all right, somebody else Swap try. In. Or when does somebody else go, let me try. I find like that dance. Interesting. Yeah, I'll tell you this. When I was missing him, I was just waiting for Chris to say, let me try. Thank you. Thank God. And then I didn't put myself back in yeah. again. It's like, oh, you're tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll try it. Uh, no. And then when you're feeling it, it's like, it always makes me laugh. When I think it happened last night. Like someone nails like five of them. And then someone's like, I'll take over. Yeah. It's like, why? why? You know, yeah, it's, you know it's even if you get that hero moment, they saw the first five. Like, we're not stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the strategy? Is it more of a flip, like a finger roll? Or some people are shooting a Chanel. bit more of a jump shot. They're shooting the jumper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I never threw the sandbag. Uh. I don't know. I would say, look at what War Dog's doing and do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, we're almost gonna take our first break, but a couple more things about the episode. Then we have a bunch of great questions sent in by the No Bus community and some of the No Dunks fans as well uh, about last night's episode for you, Rick, and then even about uh, some of your season. We had Marianne. We get like Taku coming back after um, who the heck was just went home last week? Remind me. Can't keep track. Uh, Two up, one episode ago. It oh my was. Gosh. Who was it? <laughs> I know. Mariah. Thank Mariah, you. That's right. Mariah. <laughs> Mariah. You're on fire. Uh, Marianne tells the small tribe that like, there's only like four of them left that uh, she's got an extra vote and then they do this whole group hunt thing uh, Rick where for like an idol they find the beware advantage she does and we get the whole phrase uh, was that ever a thing on your season like the group idol hunt uh, and like what's your your feelings about that the, there was a group idol hunt it, it's a big thing because no one wants to go off looking for idols at the beginning of the game when you don't think you're your target or not. Yeah. So I remember in Manu, we said, you know, no one wanted to sneak off, but everyone wanted an idol. So it's like, yeah, let's do a group hunt. And all of you in your heads are like, if I find it, I'm going to sneak it in my pocket as quick as I can. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to tell anybody. Like David and I are hunting together going, I bet Kelly already has it. Like she's making us look stupid. And I think Lauren already did have it. Uh, but yeah, the group idol hunts are just basically a really transparent way of everyone to be like you're not going to get in trouble if you look right now mm -hmm, you know right. um you can't just point the target on although you're still pointing and putting the target on people yeah. even as you're doing it so it is a big thing but like again 
I don't think Marianne was even trying to hide it. She is way every all of them are way too open about their advantages but marianne takes it to like the next level of openness and for someone who's seen all but six episodes of survivor <laughs> the mysterious token team six uh you would think that she would be a little more careful yeah uh, she's she, i don't think she can help herself or, or so actually exciting. not just her it seems like a lot of them yeah, in the last totally. couple of seasons like you find and something, i love her so much talking. i'm yelling at the screen like stop stop help me help you I, I thought she did a pretty slick job with the secret phrase oh yeah i mean totally. it's another classic case of the bunny rabbit having uh <laughs> dinner in the mailbox uh, and then she asked jeff you know what i mean right he's like uh not really and then she like went on to explain sort of what it meant even though she didn't but everyone's like okay that's uh, i guess just marianne um i was cracking it's like what they say you know you can tell someone's lying if they you know if they add on to it it's like when you tell a lie just as few facts as possible Miriam's like I have a five minute story <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about this a little bit and I love the way Jeff flew her off because that's the way he blows off stupid comments like that was totally and as a king of stupid comments uh, I got it a lot so yeah he played along really well oh that's funny um uh, there was a part where people on on, on Twitter I have seen too with the idea that Mike doesn't say it. Mike he doesn't, doesn't say, say it. his phrase. He just and looked the, over. And, the, and, you know, he explains to us, like, you know, I'm waiting to see if the third tribe says it. But there's some blowback, uh, Rick. Uh, I don't know how deep into the weeds you are about, like, uh, well, what deep. the actual note says. Actual like, fine print talk. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, do you have to say it? Because I guess Xander did, uh, from what we've learned since season 41, is that he sort of did have to keep saying it and was forced to by production. But maybe they've changed that. Uh, and I guess the other twist too now, and Mike tells us is if, if this doesn't happen, if it's not unlocked by the time I believe they're merged, mm -hmm. then these idols are just, they're, they're good to go. And there's the entire note. I mean, we're showing it to everybody. We're not going to read wow. the whole thing. The, uh, the part about the idols sort of becoming powerful if they're not used is right at the bottom. But yeah, I mean, what do you make of this, Rick? Is it, is it too much? <laughs> well, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. <laughs> But I, I, I have seen what you said where yeah. it says you must say the phrase. Yeah. And if I'm out there and I read that, I, I might not even ask the producers for clarification. Like, it seems pretty clear. Like, oh, I have to say this. Yeah. So I do feel like the other play, like Mary Ann's at a disadvantage because she's playing by the rules. Uh, and Mike and these others are, are not. But that, you know, I don't blame Mike. I think the producers have to do something. Although if you think he's going to say it at the first one and then he doesn't, I don't know what you do. Yeah. Like, does Jeff mm -hmm. stop the action like he did at the, in, in final tribal and say, you guys have to reveal yourselves. <laughs> um, I almost feel like he should have to do that. Uh, Cause it says beware, right? Yeah. 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 And if you're not bewaring anything, then it's, there's no, then it's not beware. It's just a good thing. Yeah. They, he, yeah. He seemed to, especially sort of... if he had not told people about it. Yeah, for sure. If he just sits on it, then right. you're right. And then it becomes powerful, I guess, at the merge. And that was something that didn't happen in 41. So that is one tweak. I think they just, you know, if, if they were not all activated, then they were sort of just nothing. Yeah. Uh, if I have that right. Um, but, but, but Rick, isn't there like a crew with you when you're finding this advantage? And isn't there a producer to say, hey, you might want to read, see where it says you have to say this? That means you have to say this. Uh, is that not part of the gameplay? Or do they just let you make the mistake and let you flounder if if that's what is going to happen. You know, I think that that very well could happen. 
Um, and, and, and in this situation, I would, th- I would think if they cared about it, they would know going into the challenge that Daniel had told him not to say it yeah, right. and that he wasn't going to say it. Yeah. And at that point, definitely I would expect them to come in and say, Hey, you read it again. You have to say, it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, now, there, there's like, I don't know where I put it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to check, but that's the only thing I can see happen is like Mike's so all over the place that like, maybe they thought he was going to yeah. say it and then he did not And afterwards it was too late. It's like, what do we do now? Uh, let's just roll with it. So maybe that happened, but I don't know if I was Mike, as soon as I got pulled away from my interviews, I'd be peppering them with questions. Right. Right. And yeah. sometimes they say we can't, you know, no, no. And other times they're like, Oh, you know, it's, you know, they, they explain like, it has to be like, that. so did you do that a lot, Rick? I mean, you found a lot of idols and you had a lot of these weird oh, things. Yeah. Were you always like saying, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What does this mean? What is this? Constantly, yeah. constantly. And most all the time, they're just like, figure it out. You know, yeah. we can't tell you. Um, but, but other times, you know, there's some stuff I really wanted clarification on. Like when I played Ron's fake idol yep, and then played my real idol, I was, I didn't know if I could do that. Like I had to be very clear. Like if I play this fake, <laughs> that's not it. Right. right I right. still have a chance to play this other one. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't know that going into it, you can blow your whole game up. Sure. Right. So stuff like that. And then like, you know, go up when I got the idol out of the tree in the middle of the night mm-hmm. like that's something i've warned producers about during the day you know yeah. i go up to them and i'm like i'm gonna go ask him when it's time for the challenge and i go up and i'm like tonight's the night like be there do not miss this. <laughs> yeah. so, so you have chances to talk with him and i would think that this would have come up yeah. right yeah and it's the second challenge right that he hasn't said it two chances yeah yeah, so, yeah. right I mean, yeah. yeah are you surprised that he's okay not voting like not having his vote for now two episodes going into a third. I, that to yeah. me is like, maybe that's what's sticking out. Yeah. It's like, we put it on there. Like there is a penalty. There for is him. a penalty. You yeah, can't when you put vote. It that way, yeah. You want to be yeah. able to vote, yeah. but he's like, <laughs> I don't maybe have any power like, and I can't vote, but I don't have to admit. I don't like that. I like soccer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's like the big advantage. He just like, I will not say it. <laughs> The No Kicks podcast, not happy at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Maybe now, after obviously what happened, they go to tribal council. Yeah. He doesn't know where he <laughs> yeah. sits in this tribal. He might Probably be, should get a vote. The first thing he's going to say is, sucker makes me cry, Jeff. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see next episode. Okay, let's take our first break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to get into tree mail. we got lots of great questions from the No Bus community. Don't go anywhere, people. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, 
no fools at security who still don't know that yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mac Weldon though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, back with No Buffs here in the Classic Factory on a Thursday night talking to Rick Devins from Edge of Extinction fame. And Rick, you got on, you showed us right before we went live, you got to tilt your uh, hat down a little bit, but you have a an Atlanta Hawks corduroy hat. Man, that thing <laughs> pops. It looks great. And you said there's a story to this. What is it? Yes. Well, since we're talking wardrobe, I do want to throw in a little tidbit for your sponsor, Indochino. Yep. <laughs> I used to be a news anchor and I got a clothing allowance as part of that. Yep. I've got like five Indochino suits. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, the suit I was wearing at the finale, Indochino. Whoa. Uh, personalized, says Survivor Edge of Extinction. Hey. My, my beautiful inner lining. Wow. Big Indochino fan. Oh, amazing. I hope we got to get you a... Uh, oh, you got to use our gotta code use first off. Code. Yeah. <laughs> I used, I used the code I got from a podcast, so I can't use it. I'm going to use this one now. Good. Nice. Sorry, Tony Kornheiser. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no dunks now. Awesome. Well, that's good to hear. So what's the story behind the hat? Okay, so... Tyler Fredrickson, who Survivor Faithful will know as the redhead from season 30, the Dirty 30, yep. uh, is a buddy of mine. And he sent me this hat randomly. And he was like, you'll probably recognize it. You'll know the story. And I looked at it and I was like, that is a really ugly Atlanta Hawks hat. <laughs> yeah. But this was last year during the playoffs. So I was rocking it everywhere, you know, go Hawks. Uh, and I kept asking for hints and he kept giving me hints about why I would know this hat. It turns out this same hat, uh, well, not this exact one, but a corduroy Atlanta Hawks hat was worn by one of the main characters, not, not Kevin Bacon in tremors. Oh, oh. And Tyler, for some reason thought I would know that. Oh my God. You know, I think I've tweeted that before. 
that I was watching it and saw a hawk's hat. Wow. And I'm almost this positive is... there's a tweet where I was like, oh, that's random. Yeah, that's a yeah, definitely. I'm looking over Trey's uh, shoulder Wait, right now. this is your tweet. That's my tweet. Yeah. Watch a bit of Trimmers last night. Don't judge me. Check the Atlanta hawk's that's hat. That's amazing. It's the identical hat. You're right. There you go. Wow. That's actually crazy. Amazing. That tweet's almost 10 years old, man. Incredible. Okay. So, Tyler Fredrickson, thank you so much for this incredibly thoughtful, strange gift. Yeah. And so you're, you are a noted uh, ETL fan, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're Team Falcons, you're Team Hawks, you're all that? I, I am a Braves fan. I'm a Hawks fan. But I was born a Washington oh, excuse fan me. That's right, before that's right. I moved down here. Yeah, okay, A great. Washington football fan. Braves and Hawks. Uh, and yeah. and how you just started a new job. Is that correct? Uh, director of communications at the school there that's on your shirt? That's right. Middle Georgia State University yeah. here in Macon. Go Knights. I tried to put off uh, the real world and real work for as long as possible. Thank you, Sia. Um, but, but I had to go back to work. And this is like a dream job. It's right here in Macon. It's a beautiful campus. So prospective students, come check. Come, come let's talk survival. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Middle Georgia Office State University. Nice. What are you saying? There's a survivor class? I'm saying I have an office. Just come by. <laughs> <laughs> Just do this. What we're doing here. But yeah, hey. if they want a master's class in Survivor, I'll bring in guest speakers. I mean, hey, oh. Wendell Holland is visiting. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of that sea of money, speaking we actually... of beautiful table guys. Oh yes, from our guy. Love Wendell. your beautiful table. Yes, I think Wendell Wendell's. Uh, I forget what day it was. He's undergoing um, surgery, ACL surgery. I think he was. Remember, he had the basketball injury. Yeah, that's right. Us. Uh, so hopefully, uh, he's doing all right. We're hoping to have uh, Wendell on. One of these no buffs episodes coming up, but we got Rick right now. Let's get to tree mail and uh, fire some questions at Rick JD. Yeah, a little tree mail. Send in your questions to no dunks at theathletic.com. Throw no buffs up in the header, or you can tweet at us at no dunks inc, inc, or of course, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below this video. Okay, first one as a former SIA money winner, Rick, who is the front runner for that prize this season? if it still happens. And what advice would you give to those who want to win it? Uh, the, the sea of money. So this is from at mighty Stubaka. Can you explain for maybe like, cause we do have some new sort of fans to survivor by way of the podcast that we do the basketball podcast, the sea of money. What is just for someone that's new to this? What does that mean? 100%. So Sia, the international pop star from Australia, uh, <laughs> Australia, you know, I want to swing from the chandelier. Yep. Uh, is a huge Survivor fan. She and she and Probst are tight. She loves the show. Obsessed with Cochran, apparently. And I think the first season she ever did it was Ty's first season. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. When he was looking after Mark the Chicken yep. all season, yep. uh, because I, I think C is a vegetarian. Yep. Uh, and so she rewarded him at the finale with just a big check. And then she did it again for Donathan on ghost island and she mm -hmm. did it again for david davy rickenbauer yep and so it became like expected uh and then she she gifted me with like a, a really nice gift which was outstanding um and i'm not has she done it since yeah that's the thing i feel like she yeah. she has stopped doing it <laughs> well sure or she it, or they, they're just not talking about it because the reunion yeah. shows aren't live well, uh, studio Different affair reunion. anymore so it's a that's good point true. good point so yeah you might be the last seal winner for what we know so, right. yeah and so she's traditionally given it to people who are like really nice with animals mm -hmm. or i kind of broke the broke the mold of everything because i'm not that i was mean to animals i love the chicken <laughs> but this season, it's complicated. I would say High really went for that sea of money. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
<laughs> like, I think he, he really, I think he was thinking about Sia when he was doing his old crab thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but I think Mary Ann is easily the front runner oh, for the Sia money. Okay. Because I think what Sia really wants is just someone who's like authentically a nice person having fun. And, yeah. and I think when she gave me the money, I'm confident that like she talked to production and was like, is he a nice guy? Cause, cause I, I loved production so much. Like I think that played into it. Oh, interesting. Um, so yeah. I think Mary Ann is the front runner. Okay. Yeah. I've compared uh Mary Ann to Rupert. <laughs> like, and <laughs> tell I mean, me, that, tell me more, I mean that positively. I like, think just you're that, that, spot on with just that. like they're one of ones. Yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. Uh, obviously they're just so excited to be there. Both mm-hmm. of them. I'm talking like, you got to remember Rupert the first time he's on camera, you can't take yeah. your eyes off him. You're like, who is this guy? Huge fan favorite. Just this, this crazy character. And as the times he came back, I think he started to like wear on some people and he was a bit of a one note player when it came to survivor two. He didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, flexing his strategic chops <laughs> by any means, but uh, yeah, no, I, that Marianne's a great pick or or high. I think. Do you have anyone else, Trey? That you would you might have nailed it even more with the Rupert thing by like someone who people at home love, 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 but it's hard to be on the island with. Right. I, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Is there anyone else, Trey, that you could? Uh, Does th- Jonathan have a chance? Huh. I mean. You know, like, he seems to be a nice guy, aside from just being an incredibly strong physical player as well. And, like, I don't know. He seems very gracious in every interaction (laughs) with everybody. And, you know, he did save some lives out there a little bit. Yeah. Um, And he probably won't win, too. It doesn't feel like he'll probably win. Like, that's a question I would have for you, Rick. How does he possibly avoid being the first guy voted out when it comes to the merge? Everybody's going to say, look at this physical threat. We don't stand a chance. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, I've, you know, I, I posted about that online, and a lot of people are like, oh, but, you know, so many of the things are puzzles. You know, he might not be good at that, you know, so maybe people won't go after him. But, I mean, he literally can't hide behind anybody. <laughs> yeah, He's just a – like, he's never going to slip your mind. Yeah. You know if he gets to the end, he's going to win just because it's so amazing he got to the end. Yeah. So, no, I think he's he's one of those where you're just like, thank you so much for dragging me here to the merge. <laughs> you know goodbye yeah. uh, and that doesn't say any like i don't think there's anything he can do if he does it'll be great because yeah. i'm rooting for him he seems to have a really good social game although the preview next week maybe it's not as strong as it looks right now but like i think he's doing everything right he's just so impressive yeah um well he could feed people he's got fishing oh, gear well, now, he's gonna start gonna doing go. that here yeah yeah on a season where there's no food and he could yeah. go and literally win every challenge because, as you say, Rick, it's not an impressive bunch in the physical department. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the people like countering Rick are sort of right, too. These are a lot of puzzles now. It's not like who's yeah. just the strongest. But if he and... finds some idols, I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. He, but it, I just think it's a tougher road yeah. for him than anybody else in the game. Yeah. And he's likable. <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. remove all of the physical attributes. He seems like an extremely nice, yeah. likable guy. And, and that's, like, that's true. A, if he was a jerk, yeah. he'd probably have a lot better chance. Yeah. 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 So, but he also, and I'm just going to also <laughs> throw this out. All right. He's got this bond with Omer, and they're an odd couple. And those, those uh, uh, alliances seem to go far in this game. And. If Omar uses him as a meat shield, yeah. and then Jonathan has the sense to get rid of him at the exact right time, which I think he's capable of doing, I th- I, I don't know. I like Jonathan's chances wow. to make it deep, All deep right. into this game. Okay. But And you know, if, if I had to jump on your bandwagon, I would say 
if he keeps Marianne, I don't think she'll stab him in the back. Yeah, right. Like yeah, it, maybe he could have he, her, and Omer yeah. watching yeah. his back, and and I'd love to see it. The Go Train Alliance. That's right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Omer and uh, Marianne, Toronto connection there. All right, next one here from uh, at Doug Gulasi. He sends in a lot of great questions. This one by way of Twitter. If you could choose any season of Survivor to skip six episodes of, like Marianne and Token Chains, uh, which would you pick and why? That's a good one. Uh, Devins, what do you think there? If you had to pick one Survivor season, six episodes, <laughs> what do you dip it out on? That's really tough. That's really tough. You know, if you go back and watch season one, it's so slow yeah, oh yeah, compared yeah. to these days that you could skip six and still not be lost. But it's, you know, it's the best because yeah. it's the first. Yeah. So I would say... Season thirty nine. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, okay. I mean, come on. Let's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yep. take a, take that middle part and act like it never. Well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, now I'm trying to protect. I I, I don't want to say anything else. Yes. Season thirty nine. I think a lot of people would be picking that one. That's uh. Yeah. I, I saw people tweeting that for sure. All right, this one's interesting. Back to Mike what, here. Do you guys have any idea which six episodes or why? No. Do you have theories? <laughs> well, uh, so I was listening to the pod is spoken, uh, which is uh, of course Tyson. Um, yeah, from you know winning blood versus water, and he was on that one with uh, Fishback and stuff, and he was so they were making fun of him that maybe she she loved Tyson. She would have been very young, I guess, at that point, but she loved Tyson. Was ago. watching it, and then when he got voted out, she was like, "I'm done with this. <laughs> Turn it off." So yeah. that was the one theory. Though the other theory was she only started watching it after he got voted out. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's we weird. I know which six: middle six, first six. It could six, be scattered. Seven, it could be you know, throughout yeah. the. She just missed randomly six because but, she had like soccer practice every yeah, exactly. Yeah, six nights yeah. but she's year. like okay. She's obviously a super fan. She's right. seen every other episode. You don't seek out those six as episodes. someone. Who plays Fortnite with Fishback every Thursday? We're playing tonight. Nice. Uh, he can be wearing. I can see just checking out. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Just over it. It's possible. What a fascinating thing to say. Uh, she is amazing. All right, next one here from Ryan Barry. Uh, Mike's position is pretty interesting. Let's go back to Mike. He's in a minority, but his ongoing lack of vote reduces his pre-merge threat level. Is he safer voteless? That's sort of what we were alluding to. Uh, assuming his idol doesn't get activated next episode, what do you do with a mic on your tribe? What's Mike's next move? So, yeah, what do you think of Mike's position here, uh, Rick, on this tribe of now five? Mike is in a really weird spot because, yeah, if I'm, uh, you know, Lydian High, Mike is definitely my preference to work with versus Chanel or Daniel at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh and he's like the like like the pe person who sent the tree mail said he's less threatening because he doesn't have a vote so that's great yeah. but the problem is that you're two people and then daniel and chanel are two people even if they're mad at each other <laughs> so if mike doesn't have a vote you're in trouble you need at least daniel or chanel to give you the majority which makes mike already not your priority so i don't think mike's in a great spot and and then when he does get his vote back doesn't that mean he'll also have an idol? Mm -hmm. So yeah. so then he becomes a threat yeah. in a way. Um, so I, I don't know. Mike's Mike's in a rough spot. The, I feel like the only thing he has going for him is that he doesn't have his vote. And then that's also could be a bad thing in the circumstances that that tribe's in right now. I 100% agree with you. I think if uh, that T, if this green tribe goes back to a tribal council, let's say in the next episode or soon, 
Daniel is going to be, I mean, he's, uh, he's basically forced his hand that he has to like now that hi, whatever you want to do, let's do it. And he will, I think serve up on a platter voting out Mike. He talked about it in this episode with the whole, like, let's see the fine print and all that. Okay. Oh, maybe we do keep him around because of this idol whole thing, but he's going to be like anybody, but me, I mean, that's how he's going to play and mm-hmm. probably how he should at this point. <laughs> I think it'll be Mike over Chanel. I actually think that's what he would present to, uh, to high and Lydia. Do you right. agree? Yeah. Because you will know as soon as, as soon as he knows, you're going to know that he's getting an idol back and he's getting his vote back. So either he has to activate it at the very next, uh, immunity challenge, which means then that Marianne has to say her piece and they have to get the other piece set as well, or he's going to be on the chopping block. You would have to think just because it's like he can't do anything. And then as soon as he can do everything, everybody knows. So he's, he's in a tough spot. Uh, right here, but I mean, I he's burned less bridges, you know. I think probably socially, he's oh sure, yeah, ranked higher than Daniel and Chanel are, but not having a vote is pretty bad. Yeah, but will Mike put up the fight? Let's say between Daniel, if it's him and Daniel to all the other ones on this tribe, especially High and Lydia, and then Chanel's in this mix here. But like, is he going to be like, no, we got to vote Daniel out. He's the one that's flip flopping around here. He can't be trusted. He might, yeah, he might. But I also like, I don't know. He just. Does he do that? Is that his type of Doesn't vibe? Seem honorable. Doesn't seem like it, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing with Mike is you just don't know what his relationship has been with High and Lydia. Yeah. Like, has he made any effort with them, yeah. or yep, did he just it. feel so secure in his alliance? Because if I'm Lydia and High, and he hasn't, from the get-go, made any effort for yeah. me, plus he had this secret, then I might just go with a wounded Daniel yeah. uh, You know, versus him. Yeah, I, I think so. I heard uh, Jenny talk to, to Rob Cesarino on her exit interview today, and she said she tried to build a bond with Lydia especially, and that went nowhere. Hmm. I mean, this is according to Jenny. Like, like she would always like just get up and leave. So if that – if, you know, if, if – if, which is never a good Generation sign. Z. Yeah. Six people. <laughs> See you later. Uh, but if, if Jenny is linked so tight with Mike, then I think we've been led to believe, at least what Rick is saying, like – that he probably is not all that tight with higher Lydia. It didn't seem like no, it. It no. seemed like there was two and two with two in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, next one here from Adam in Las Vegas. Uh, hey, guys, since this season's contestants have not seen season 41, someone from this season could falsely claim that another contestant appeared on 41 and rally their tribe mates to vote them out. This seems like something Sandra or Boston Rob could smoothly pull off, but I wonder if all of you think anyone could pull it off from this season, and if so, who could they do it to? Like, who would they target? Thanks, guys. Love the show. So this is, like, galaxy brain thinking here from Adam. Um, and I guess, like, that's a, it's a difficult question, I think, uh, Rick. It's, like, it's such a hypothetical. But, like, I love the idea of, like, I know I, I say this all the time here on this show. Like, if I ever go on there, I'll have all these lies. You know, like, yeah. I'll lie about this. I'll lie about that. And I think it's so easy to say and then try to actually do is a whole other thing. From your experience is like, am I on to something there? Like, yeah, you might think all these grand plans and you may act a different way, but you really won't probably when you're out there and you're just stripped to the bare minimum. Yeah, that... that... <laughs> That's such a funny lie. Can you imagine? I know. If you're the person that's being targeted and someone comes up and they're like, did you play on 41? What? Do I look like I just got off an island? Like, you know, it would have to be like Zach or Romeo or someone who's already very skinny, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's a great Um, point. 
No, I mean, logistically, the lie just – it could never happen. Right. Especially this season where you they needed, like, two weeks to quarantine. <laughs> right. sure. There was even overlap and stuff. And then it's like, are, are, are the camera people and producers really that amazing that there's no recognition? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they, could, they could do that. I mean, they're an amazing crew. Uh, I think you'd be better off saying that someone was, like, Tony's nephew or something yeah. like that. You know, something Ooh, that's harder that, to verify. That's good. That's good. Like find a little, uh, find someone that looks the most like Tony. Yeah, <laughs> memorize all. Like the if someone had told me Wardog was related yeah. to Tony, I would have been like, "Holy crap!" Like <laughs> I'm an idiot for not seeing that. Yeah, you could buy that. Yeah. You could sort of see it. The, the personalities, the look. It's like, yeah, he could be related to him. That's that's. Like I like if, where we're going here. If that's someone cool. targeted Daniel, was like, "That's Devin's brother." Like people would be like, "Oh my god!" I guess the, gotta get him. The one problem with this is. Well, yeah, like nobody, most of the people on Survivor now are, they're fans of the show. They're, yeah, they're watching right. every single episode yeah. outside of those six from Token Cheats. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, they're like, how do you know that? So they would have to be like, yeah, like, like Devin to say, like, oh, the producer, he let it slip. Like, you know, <laughs> he like, told me. Yeah. <laughs> but eh, seems a little far fetched. Rick, but. did you have um, a story or a lie that you wanted to take out the island that you thought was too dumb to actually say out there when there were cameras? <laughs> Dude, I thought it was funny because all the way in they were like are you going to tell them what you do are you going to tell them you're a news anchor and I was like yeah so they, like what else would I talk about yeah. and, and they were like you don't think they'll be I don't know what they expect like people were like wow he's a news anchor like watch out for him I guess like, I, like I think TV, as soon as I start yeah. talking they're not going to be worried about <laughs> the yeah, um, there's a, a prestige around television yeah. for sure still yeah, yeah. you were yeah, in a top 115 market at the time I think <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh so there was nothing like that I did I do remember my pregame interview saying if I ever get in a really bad situation like I'm just going to find someone who's by themselves in the woods and wait near them until someone else walks up. And then I'm going to start running away. Like we got caught. <laughs> and I'm gonna make this big thing. That's something I really wanted to do, but I, the situation just never presented itself. It's like I had idols or I had something else where I, it wasn't worth making it a, he said, she said, um, and now I guess I can't do it next time either. When when you uh, were hiding the fake community idols, uh, which I, again I'm so happy I watched that highlight. I was reminded of that. You did two of them. They both got found. They both got played. Of course, they weren't idols. Uh, and there's the one they're showing you. Like you're like you're like you know back in the bushes. Like <laughs> she found it. And like I mean, was that like was that were you really there watching her notice it? And you're like I, I got her. She's I got her in the trap here. Like. But were you worried at all that you, she was going to see you? I forget who it was. Was that a... It was Lauren. Lauren, Lauren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. So, so I had... You know, they showed me going up in the tree in the middle of the night and getting the eye. Yes. But they didn't show one time when, when half the tribe was out on reward and Julie and Aurora were on the beach, me climbing up the tree as fast as I could and rehiding my fake eye. Gotcha. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I did it initially not to have anyone find the fake. Like I was really worried I was going to get to a spot. It was clear at this point I needed to win immunity or have an idol or I was out. Yeah. Like there was no getting around it. So my backup backup plan was if I don't win immunity or I don't have an idol, then right before it's time to go to tribal, I'm going to go one second. I'm going to climb up the tree in front of people, oh. pull the idol down. And then when we get to tribal, I'll show them the clue 
that said where it was, you know, that I couldn't fake, that had the painting in yep. it. And that was going to be, you know, it's like, if you think I'm bluffing, risk your game on it. That was my last ditch effort. Yeah. Smart. But anyway, I got to a point in the game where I knew I wouldn't need that because I had enough idols to get me to the end. So, so that's when I was just ready to burn everything down. I, was, I just wanted them to find it. So Lauren, more than anybody, Lauren's a, a totally great person, right? Like she's, she's a dentist. There's nothing bad, but we were on an island together for 38 days. We were adversarial a lot of the time. And like the last three weeks of the game, at least, everything I said, she just rolled her eyes. Oh. And like, like this, the disdain. <laughs> for me rolled off her and i was always in the minority like she was coming after me the whole time so when she found that idol i did walk up and i saw her find it and i was so happy <laughs> like looking back it's like oh you jerk but i was so happy and then chris walked up and i was like chris you're not gonna believe it come here come here like all of that was totally legitimate um and and yeah it, it was the best and i actually lauren and i made up after the game and uh and we were good and then at the live finale like we're all in the green room together and they show that scene for the first time and i'm laughing oh that's funny and it's she, i've been dead to her ever since wow. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to make those fake idols because they looked pretty intricate and like, you know, you're always talking about you can't be gone too long or people get suspicious. Though I guess at your point, it was like, well, Rick's out there looking for it anyway. So maybe exactly. you had time. Is that what was going on? Like, they looked that, really nice. That's what happened. Well, the, the first idol I made was when I was panicking. Yeah. And it was after David had left. And it was actually inspired by David. Because he was like, hey, that coffee lid, I think we could turn that into something. <laughs> um, on one of the rewards that Kama had brought over. And so the only idol David and I had ever seen in the game at that point was the one that we each had half of. Yep. And it was like a really intricate, nice, like fake jade carved, like beautiful idol. So that's what I thought I had to make. <laughs> so before I'm a big threat, like I cut off the top of the jar. I paint it green in the middle of the night. I carve a Chinese symbol in it that I had gotten off the tea container. So it's a legit symbol. I do all this and you look at it and it's the worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> it looks like a coffee lid painted green. <laughs> the crappy gar like it's garbage. I still have it. I wish I could, I had time to run and get it. Um, but so I was like, oh crap. Then I found my first idol and it was such a piece of crap. I was like, yes, <laughs> it's going to be so much easier. Yeah. Uh, so I'd actually, no, and then I made another really nice idol before I found my first one that was made of a shell. I got that one too, and it had tons of beads. Then I found a crappy idol, and I went out in one afternoon and made like two of those <laughs> easily with stuff that I'd get because I'd gathered stuff the whole day. Yeah, idol factories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll have to tweet at you guys pictures of yeah. my, my fake idols that I never use. And so how long were those taking you? Like a half hour, an hour, hours? Like... Yeah, the the one with the coffee cup was the one where I couldn't sneak off at all. So right. that was like probably little segments of like four minutes, but it probably <laughs> added up to like an hour and a half and still just garbage. Uh, and then the other one, the real intricate one, and I they actually, when they show the flashback, when they're like days earlier, Rick making his fake idols, they show me fa making my real fancy one right. that never ah. gets played. Um, that one took a long time. <laughs> And then the other two were, were pretty quick because it was one of those things where it's like, I got to make them quick and crappy or yeah. it won't look right. Right. Um, 
but yeah and, and again like i had an idol at that point so i made it an exact copy i was like oh there's a shell here i'll put a shell here there's coral <laughs> here there's a, I'll, it was like an identity like i was real worried i was gonna mix them up <laughs> and i'm sure production wouldn't even have known if i mixed them up um but yeah it, I, I was trying to keep track of like four things in my bag like a real idol two fake idols a fancier fake idol that's why i wore my bag everywhere oh that's great uh, now i now i'm just imagining mike with like five idols three of them <laughs> fakes two reels he has no idea where any of them are People are everywhere stumbling over them yeah uh, all right, here's another question. This one's from Kirk. Hello, no buffs. I remember once hearing Boston Rob say something to the effect of, quote, let me give a tip to any future survivors out there. If you want to know who's aligned with who, see whom they sleep next to at night. Nobody's going to sleep next to the guy they want to vote out, end quote. I thought to myself, if I ever make it on Survivor, I'm going to use that tip. If you guys were to make it on Survivor, do you have any tips, strategies, or rules that you would follow going into the game? So they're asking us, people that have never been on the show, but we have somebody that was. So first off, yeah. Any truth to the Boston Rob? Keep an eye on who's sort of sleeping beside each other, and then what other tips does maybe Rick Devins have? It's funny because I don't. I think Boston Rob said that on season thirty-nine when he was like the coach yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so it was after I had played, and I looked back and went, "Wow, <laughs> he nailed it." Wow. I mean, wow. it could not. Now that people have heard it, maybe they'll change. Yeah. But I mean, he was so right about where people <laughs> slept. Um, my other advice for people going out is don't sleep in the shelter. Sleep on the sand around the fire. Huh. So much better. Really? Yeah. So much more comfortable than that bamboo. Oh, yeah. Like, I was on bamboo the whole first part of the game, and then at Edge, we didn't have a choice. And it was like, what have I been doing? <laughs> uh, so when I went back, I was I was definitely around the fire. Advice that I would – Yeah. T- I mean, I what? would say pay, pay attention. They seat you at Tribal. You don't sit wherever you want. There's an order. And I would say pay attention because normally they, you know, this group, this group, and the swing boat's in the middle. And it doesn't tell you. And you normally you know that. Yeah. Like it's pretty obvious, but it confirms what you're thinking. Like if it's not set up like that, you should be reevaluating. Like what? Uh, Although I think they might be catching on to that too. I think (laughs) they'll they'll switch that up because I think they're trying to put short people in the back now. Because short people and women were at a disadvantage because stuff was happening oh. behind them. So I think Survivor's trying to mess with that. Okay. But if you go in Australia, Survivor, it could not be more clear. Like, it is totally spelled out oh. at, at Tribal. Oh, there yeah, you go. It's okay. wild. There's a tip for you uh, Aussies out there going yeah. on an Australian Survivor. I just heard Ethan in talking to Tyson on his podcast. He had a... He had what I sort of like took as a tip, even though he didn't sort of present it as such. He's like, when you go out there... You know, you're obviously you're you're playing sort of against yourself. You're playing against your your you know tribe members, the other castaways. You're playing against the elements, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the island itself, in terms of just surviving. But you're also playing against Jeff Propes and production yeah. in a way. And I think that sort of like goes to what you're speaking of, like emplacements and stuff like that. And what he meant by it was was what was happening with. Daniel just sort of like blabbing away and saying how he's like tight with Mike or they calmed him down, him and Chanel. And he's like, he, they're asking you quite like you can shoot yourself in the foot by yeah. answering questions that Propes is firing at you. And like the, if you can give Propes an answer without giving up any real, you know, tips of what's going on or like uh, tells or stuff like that, then that's the way to do it. And I thought that was like, yeah, they are making a show here and they're, they're going to steer you where they want to try and steer you, but you got to like give them just enough, but don't 
tip your hand, right? He's basically cross-examining them, yeah. and, and he wants you to mess up. Is yeah. that fair to say, Rick? I I don't know. I mean, I guess in a way they want you to mess up, but I don't think Jeff is ever trying to get you to mess up. Uh, okay. Right, okay. I, but, like, he, the first time you go to tribal, he, he tells you, listen, you can't not answer a question. Right. You know, you don't have to tell me the truth. You know, you don't have to blow up your game, but you have to give me something. This is a TV show. Like, this is part of it. Right. I, I understand that it's best for all of your game to not say anything. Can't do that, right? <laughs> so, so there are people like me who just, and Daniel, I guess, who just blab. I, I don't think I ever sunk my game, but I was pretty honest. Like, I used tribal to my advantage when I could and, and probably also put a target on myself in doing so. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there are people like Christian and Aubrey and David Wright who are so good at these allegories and these <laughs> metaphors. Yeah. And they, they'll give you this beautiful 30 second answer. That's just nothing. Uh, <laughs> and, and give you nothing. And, and that's enough for Jeff to move on, uh, but you didn't give anything away where there was other people like Gavin, who's like, the second he lands in tribal, all he wants is to be out and for Jeff to not call on him, like, please. And so when Jeff does, it's like the spotlight's on. It's not like his normal life. Like he's trying not to give away much, but he knows he has to answer and you, you can mess up. Gavin never really messed up, but other people have. So yeah, it's tough. Is tribal council where you are most aware of the cameras on the show or this is a really interesting thing that I really appreciate about U.S. Survivor. I don't know about the other ones. When you go to tribal council, it, it you are as much in that area as the, the TV viewer. Hmm. Like, they hide every single camera person wow. in the dark and shadows. Oh. You do not see – I mean, you can tell. Yeah. You can see, like, the shine of a lens. But literally, the only person you see is Jeff until – he goes to tally the votes and then the two bodyguards come in to stand over you and make sure there's no talking or anything. (laughs) And those are the, those are the bodyguards that ride with you in boats and everywhere else to make sure you're not talking off camera. Um, We love you, Jaden and Anna. Uh, (laughs) So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing that you go in there and I mean, you are in the tribal you've watched on TV all those years. There's not anything distracting you. That it, the the thought they put into it is amazing. So even you, as a guy who works in television, I mean, how quickly do you forget that the cameras are there? I mean, I forget. I'm switching the cameras right now, <laughs> and I'm not even barely aware that people are watching this right now. So I imagine that even when there's like you're opening a hidden immunity, immunity idol, you're you're just like just they're just part of the scenery. It's just like a tree or shrubbery around you. Is that is that fair, or are you are you more that, playing to stuff? That wasn't. I never forgot that they were there, but you you develop such relationships with them mm-hmm. that. It's just very symbiotic. Right. Like I remember, it's funny that you bring up the immunity idol because I remember the first, you know, the, the camera people on the first day, it's like, you don't want to be rude. So you're like, hey, or you're talking and they'll stop you and be like, listen, no matter how nice you want to be or whatever, don't ever talk to us because you're just screwing us up. <laughs> you're screwing up our job. Like if you need to say something, wait till we have to change our tape. Because every once in a while you're in the middle of like a really – intense conversation they're like stop stop 
like change the tape as fast oh, as they can oh, and no. get it in and then like go, you know? But other times you're just chilling and they're like, oh, stop, stop. And they're changing the tape. And that's when you're like, so how are you guys doing? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Crazy like weather that. last night. <laughs> you know? yeah, and was... then when you go to your interviews on the beach, it's like, hey, I can finally talk with you. Like, how's it go? You're from South Africa. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. the first time I found my idol, I found it in that tree. You remember I did that dance. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my... And I looked to the camera guy and I go, hey, I'm going to run to the other side of the island. And he grabs me and goes, stop talking to me. <laughs> just, just do it. And I was like, okay, all right. I go, so it became like that. And then other times, because of my unique circumstances where I kept, I would, I already had the idol, mm. but I wanted to make them paranoid. So I'd go disappear. Yep. Like I'd be walking and I have a camera team following me and we'd run into a camera team that was resting and they'd look like, what are you doing? Why didn't you warn us, you know, over the radio you were coming? And they'd be like, oh, I, you know, Devin's is looking for an idol, quote, unquote. <laughs> and then the camera guy, one of them at one point just hit me and goes, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was great. And sometimes they had to hide with me in the bushes because, you know, if I go off without them, everyone knows I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So they, they have to be a part of it. But if I'm hiding, they have to hide. You know, people talk about that time when I was hiding behind the log on the beach and the camera pans up. They're like, how did they not see the camera guy? And it's like the camera guys were disguising what they were doing as just like getting up or get, you know, they, they're always doing things. Yeah. yeah. So you really have to be symbiotic and kind of, you don't want to give, I've heard a lot of people say you don't want to give away what you're doing to production. Like you want to keep it a secret, like they're after you. I had the exact opposite experience where it's like, if you want to put on a good show and good TV, like it's a partnership. Yeah, like, yeah. If they're not there to see me do fun stuff, what's the point? Yeah. So I, I was really open with them about everything. And what about- um, Here come the conspiracy theories. <laughs> what, what, what about um, confessionals? Is it just you and a producer and like maybe one cameraman or woman, or is there a lot more people around? I always like, what's that setup like? Is it just sort of one or two people or is there quite a bit of people because they're in you know television production? The way they always set up their teams is one camera guy, one sound guy with a boom mic. Because yep. we're only ever mic'd up during challenges and tribal. You're ah, never mic'd up go. at camp. Um, and then and then there's like one kind of gopher guy who's like carrying a tripod or a big sandbag and just like doing whatever they need. Right. And, and it's really cool to see those guys because during the season, you'll see them like, oh my God, they're letting him train on camera. And you're like, you're so proud of him. <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm going to give him something good. You know, like it, it, it's just, it's so great. There was one time Reem was sharpening a knife on a rock and it was making the worst sound ever. And I just got as close as I could to the mic and I was like, you guys liking me? <laughs> yeah. you know? So it, it's fun. I forget your question. but no, no, I just the, the confessional setup. I mean, yeah. It oh like, yeah. Not, it sounds like it's a small just, team. So it's those three people and then one produce. There's like four different producers that'll ask you questions. Gotcha. So one of them will be there. Cool. And and they do block off that whole part of the island. Like no one's allowed over there. So it's, you know, a loud talker like me is safe. Ah, uh, um, right, right. So they'll tell you that morning, like we're doing stuff down here. You're not allowed. And is it? I mean, does everybody sort of try and get the same amount of time with a with a producer? I mean, I imagine like you are going to talk more than a Gavin is probably going to talk in that situation. But then they, I don't know, is that come off like, wow, Devin's was there for two hours? I mean, they're loving him, I guess. You know, 
it's funny because I think Survivor knows exactly what they're doing. Like they try to make it as equitable as, but even if, if even if it doesn't end up that way in the edit, yeah, out there they are not trying to pull one person away more often than the other. Right, right. That unless it's for something obvious, like I got pulled out more often because I'd win. You know, after you win you're going to get pulled off because you won. Right. Sure. You know, after you played an idol, you're going to get pulled off that night because you did something. You know, after coming back to tribal, no one wants to do any interviews. Everyone wants to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. But if you did something good at tribal or had something bad happen to you, like you're doing an interview. <laughs> uh, I would even let them go first. Take Julie. I'll go. You can wake me up trying to gain good <laughs> favor. <laughs> Obviously that didn't pay off. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take one more break when we come up. Come back, excuse me. We will wrap this up uh, with Rick Devins. Look ahead sort of to next week's Survivor. Maybe get some final thoughts uh, from Rick on this season so far and make some predictions. So don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, back here in the Classic Factory. Start wrapping up this No Buffs episode. Uh, Rick, you'll be happy to know that Yves here in the in the live tribe, which is we call the people joining us live on YouTube, the live tribal. Uh, Yves says, I swing back and forth debating submitting an audition tape, but Devin's just made it sound like the most fun thing in the world. <laughs> and, he's, and he uh, is going to do it. So there you go. And what, what's in your hand here? This, all right, so I took advantage of the break since I described my idols. This is my bag. Okay. I just oh. got it out of a box in the garage. <laughs> Looks um, crusty. It's got all my, there's my dog tie yeah. <laughs> uh, from Tribal. Got my chopsticks nice. from our Chinese food reward. Here's the first idol I made. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> it looks like a coffee. Painted it looks like a weird coaster. <laughs> you see the you see the symbol on there? How oh, bad? Oh, it's awful. <laughs> um, so this, so I improved a lot after that. This is the second one. I had it wrapped up in its fake oh. stuff. That looks legit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take that the, the twine's not, you know, that's not how I found my idols, but that's okay. I'm to, oh, this isn't even the idol. This was my idol. This is stuff I stole from our kit. <laughs> oh. To make more idols. Oh, what are you going to make more later tonight with Fishback when you're playing Fortnite? <laughs> Uh, where's my other one? Oh, he's in his bag. Oh, he really? Okay, yeah. I got so much crap in here still. 
So they, the I plant. mean, does it smell? Like, does it smell good? Does it bring back memories? From an idol? Oh, it brings back <laughs> memories. I have not cleaned this since I got back at all. Like, it's full of Fijian sand. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know where my other idol is. So false advertising That's there. Amazing. But yeah. I thought um I thought I had heard like you're not a, like not allowed to take a lot of stuff back anymore that they production keeps it but maybe your own stuff I guess. Dude, we had heard that. And I would have taken a whole lot more stuff cuz they didn't check us at all. Oh. Like there were people out there making stuff with the boot order painted on it. And and like David and I are looking at each other like what a waste of time. They're never taking that. <laughs> they took it home. Wow. <laughs> they oh, had it. Yeah. So you know, obviously they were responsible with it, but yeah, I was really surprised. They didn't care at all. Wow. Well, there you go. Amazing. Well, next week's episode, uh, this is what we know from the next time on Survivor. Uh, Marianne and Omer, they're angry with Jonathan, or Marianne is at least angry with him, and I think Omer calls him a slob. Is that what he says? <laughs> what I he listened said. to it like three times, and I'm like, I think he called him a slob <laughs> okay uh the odd couple funny. strikes again yeah yeah so pretty we'll see funny. if there's anything <laughs> to that uh roxroy uh-oh back to being dad roxroy mm-hmm. uh you know romeo saying this guy he's just all over us here at the uh Ica tribe and he he's basically just appears to be yelling at someone to blow on the fire <laughs> Uh, is mean, that a solid tip uh rick <laughs> don't be telling everybody what to do <laughs> oh. the first two weeks you're out there I think that that's a very yeah. solid tip. Like when we merged, all we heard from Kama was like, Aurora's been bossing us around. <laughs> <laughs> now it turns out late in the game, like Aurora's the only one keeping us alive. So thank God for Aurora. But yeah, no, I mean, you want to make an impression. Start telling people what to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there's a tip. There's a good tip. Don't tell people what to do. Uh, and then finally for, uh, for next week, Mike, I guess, confronts Daniel. Uh, he says, no kumbaya, just holy crap <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard that. <laughs> so I love Mike too. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe this is sort of the what I was saying before. Maybe we get Mike and Daniel coming to blows. Do you have any predictions for, let's say, next week, uh, Rick, which I know is very difficult to call, and then just like who do you like in this season to, to maybe win this whole thing or at least go very far? Who are you cheering for, I guess, at the very least? Uh, I was a big Jenny fan, like you. Oh, I thought yeah. Jenny had a really good shot. I like, I like Drea, but she did. She, I don't think she's in a very good spot. She kind of played herself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Omer. Um, I, I like a lot of them. My my prediction going forward is that last night's tribal with Daniel and Chanel blowing up. I think both of them will recover. I I think this is going to be a distant memory for both of them soon. That doesn't mean they won't find other trouble, but I think that they'll both recover from this. Okay. You don't know any of the people out there personally, do you? No. No. I have. I I once played Fortnite with Lydia. That was wild. Oh, nice. Gavin Gavin was like, hey, we got someone from 41 who's going to play with us. I was like, okay. (laughs) It was Lydia. She's wild. She's she's funny. Did at any point Uh, during Fortnite, did she say, get over here, bitches? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that personality shined through in a big way on Fortnite. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I think I heard Fishback say he knows uh, Daniel. That's right. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah he does. So. We give him a lot of crap about it. Every time something happens to Daniel, we're like, oh, what's up with your buddy and his weak shoulders, <laughs> Steven? Because uh, we're very jealous. You know, yeah. <laughs> we want them all to ourselves. 
you guys really do seem to have like this amazing survivor community. Like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels that way as an, an outsider. Um, is that true? It, it really is. And it's for someone who's like a lifelong fan of the show. It's, <laughs> it's a dream come true to have like these friends that are in survivor. And my intro into it was, uh, Wendell was visiting Atlanta. So he, this was before my season started to air, but I'd been on the preview mm-hmm. and I met he and Davey and Desi and like, they couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Um, they were so great. It was such a great representative because it is like all these people that you think are villains, you know, people you didn't cheer for, you meet them <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, right. They got on Survivor because they're so charismatic yeah. and like entertaining. It's a really cool thing. And and usually when we all get together, like in a huge group, it's for the charity Give Kids the World or Hearts of Reality. So it's, it's, it's coming together for a good cause. So sure. everyone's, you know, in good spirits, being their best, happy to see each other. Uh, yeah, your, your, your read on the community is 100% correct. As a, as a fan of the show, who did you most geek out to meet uh, for the first time? We were like, oh, my God, so-and-so. Man, you know, I still haven't met Boston Rob. Oh, okay. But I would, I would have been pretty over the moon about that. He was my favorite. I met Cochran at the finale and was going crazy about it. <laughs> sure. Although, I would have gone crazier if I hadn't been such good friends with David, who knew Cochran, so it was less of a shock. Sandra was a big one yep. for sure. I haven't gotten to meet Serene. <laughs> like I'm really excited to meet her. Yeah. There's tons of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, Rob Sesternino. Mm. Huge. That was awesome. Nice. You're a, you're a season. You had four legends on the beach right. there That's with right. you. Uh, right. you had, uh, Aubrey, uh, was it Joe? Yep. David, uh, yep. David and, uh, and Wentworth. I uh, would have been, I, I like your season is like a super geek out for me because <laughs> I love all four of those players. And then the, the, the twist with edge, which we have debated in this classic factory, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, are, are you playing the game while you're on, on extinction, uh, the edge of extinction? I say yes, but, uh, you know, I mean, it was just watching your season is just amazing. And watching the 20 minutes of your highlights, I mean, I'm geeking out. You're saying that you're geeking out but when you're yeah. meeting these people, but I'm totally geeking out with you, man. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but are you the only person who, after getting eliminated, get got a standing ovation from the 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 jury as you're leaving? I mean, that was amazing. And then I watched your, your <clears throat> Ponderosa and... And the reception that you got coming off the boat was incredible. I mean, like, you would have won. Like, you were the uh, – the. Oh, yeah. there's no way that you weren't going to lose that season, so. And Chris knew that. <laughs> yeah. That was exactly. the first question I asked coming down the dock at Ponderosa was, was I going to win? And they all said, yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, everyone was there except Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was amazing. And, and Victoria, who I love, like – our relationship out there wasn't shown as much as it was. Like we have very much the same sense of humor. Um, She was the one who started the clap. I'm really grateful. I mean, that took a lot of sting out of it. It really did. Like that was a, obviously a really rough night. Um, But it it felt really good. You know, even Chris, I was so mad at him, you know, it's like, (laughs) I love the guy. Otherwise I would have sent him home a day earlier by not giving him the idol back. Idiot. Uh, (laughs) but no it was so cool and then at ponderosa i mean they couldn't have been nicer and i got to hug my boy joey who was one of the fijian servers that we had met pre-game um so 
And what? And what's? I mean, I have yeah. a feeling I know what your answer is, but what's your take on the being on edge? Uh, you know, are you in your mind still playing? Is it is it actually an advantage? What do you think? I think all credit to Chris for for doing everything he could to win. Like I'll tell you, you hear a lot of stories from winners at war about people who went to edge and did not make people love them. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. you spend time with people on edge and you end up not liking them. So the fact that everyone loved Chris says that he was doing a great job out there. Yeah. Right. The reason I gave Gavin my vote is because it's not the game no. on the edge. Like I was on the edge and I napped. <laughs> I never napped in the game. Um, it is really hard to stay in the game. Whereas on the edge, like everyone who's ever gone there has stayed except two people, yeah, it, it, yeah. three people. Yeah. So credit to Chris, he played the rules, but, but there's no doubt in my mind that you know, the people on the jury wanted to legitimize their experience yeah. a little bit. They had nothing to be upset with Chris about. Mm -hmm. The people that were in the game longest voted for Gavin. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good point. Um, That's a good point. Like all of them that were in the game longest voted for Gavin yep. because we know how hard it was at the end. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, and, you know, Chris, no one's ever had an amazing ending like he had. Yeah. He played a perfect uh, And I love totally. the guy. He did. You know, he's, he's such a good dude. Yeah. Well, Gavin's my best friend, but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's 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 wrap this up with a prediction of my own, actually, and it sort of has something to do with you, Rick, because you are the master of finding um, hidden immunity idols. My prediction in forty-one, as everybody that knows that watches no buffs, is uh, was the game within the game mm. was going to be in the game, and I ended up being right. So I'm one for one so far. My prediction this year, uh, again, this is for you, Devins, is, and I think JD has a photo. I believe. There's a hidden immunity idol in that ship wheel. In the wheel? Yeah. Right there in front of Jeff. And I say this because I know this is something that's happened before on Australia Survivor. I, we've seen uh, Adam try and rip something off, you know, the uh, podium Literally. there and say it was an idol. I'm just throwing it out here right now that I think we'll get a clue at some point and there'll be something uh, with that. Weird little ship wheel sitting right in front of Jeff. Why? Because it looks too movable? Looks strange to me there. Yeah, it's a little out of place. <laughs> yeah. Lots of little pockets there. Yep, yeah. yep, for sure. And, you know, you could have some fun with the clue, I feel like, too. You know, sure. with whatever nautical theme you're going to come up with. There. So I'm, I'm trying to call my shot again here. Well, if you weren't like completely it. right about the game within the game is in the game, I would throw this out right away. But, but you can't. Now. I think you're right. <laughs> I actually think this is going to happen. Uh, Rick, tell the people uh, that are obviously Survivor fans or Nobus fans like how to like get in touch with you or follow you. What, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely. I've been locked out of my Instagram for like <laughs> over a year now. So if anyone can help me with that, I'd appreciate oh, it because okay. Instagram's not helping. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Rick <laughs> underscore Devins. Okay. Uh, that's the best way. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Rick, uh, for coming on. We really appreciate it. I know we kept you a little longer than we thought we would. But Guy's got to play yeah. Fortnite. Man. Well, he's got to play Fortnite with Fishback. He's got a new job <laughs> that he should be getting rest for. I mean, he's got to make an idol because he's got his kid out now. <laughs> <laughs> but we, that's what I'm getting into yeah but we can't thank you enough for coming on we really appreciate it so much fun yeah this was great guys thanks for having me alright uh, guys we will see you next week for another edition of No Bus uh, plan is to hopefully get Wendell on your boy uh, the guy that made go. this very death so hopefully uh, we'll have him on as we talk about episode 4 but until then TK why don't you put out our sexy St. Jeff candle there it goes and uh, huh? 
The candle is spoken. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>